Warmest greetings to all in the blessed name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Now we continue in studying about the blessedness of being poor in spirit. Now what is it that we will have regarding the kingdom of God? We continue to study in this series. Before that, let's turn to God in prayer. Our gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we bow before you, giving you thanks for seeing us through the day, granting us the grace and strength. And now, especially for this blessed time, the sweet hour of prayer to come in the house of prayer. Lord, before we enter into the place of prayer, we pray that you use your holy word to feed us, to strengthen us, Lord, cause us to understand what it is to be poor in spirit and the blessedness that comes with it. And Father, we do ask that you grant to us understanding from above, but above all, O God, that your Holy Spirit would work a work of grace in us to convict us, to stir us afresh, O Lord, to bear such spirit and to strive for such spirit. And Lord, help us, O God, we ask for your blessing, the blessings of your kingdom, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, what is this poor in spirit? I keep repeating and I pray that it will sink into us. Now, this word refers to the same word as what is used for Lazarus, the beggar, all right? So this word is a beggar, all right? Poor in spirit. It's literally someone who begs. And it is not an ordinary beggar, all right? It is the kind of beggar that is completely destitute, completely void of anything. So this is talking about one that is truly so devoid of having anything. And he begs very differently. Remember, if we don't let that sink into our hearts, right, we may think that we are poor in spirit, but we are far from that. We are far from that. So it's one who truly um, recognizes, sincerely, honestly, comes to this realization. Right? It, is, it must be your personal realization. It is not something that can be taught um, theologically, technically. It must be something that in your own heart, you seek the Lord and you begin to examine yourself and begin to realize, I am, this is what I should be and this is what I really am. You see, the thing is this, Christian, because of the failure of believers to understand that we are truly poor, very poor, many of us, we don't experience the blessing, the blessedness of the kingdom of heaven. Because of that, so the very first thing when the Lord um, opened his mouth in this Sermon on the Mount to teach was this one thing, the realization that we are truly poor. Now, until both the believer and the unbeliever, for the unbeliever to come to realize that they are, they are destitute, they have no hope at all, to realize that no matter what they do, there is absolutely no chance of them to have their sins forgiven and therefore to go to heaven, to be in the presence of the living God. There's absolutely less than zero chance for them. They will not come to God. But the believer must ask ourselves, are they truly that poor? Well, you know the answer. You know that they are truly, the unbelievers are absolutely destitute. And they don't realize that. We often think of that when we evangelize, don't we? 
If only they knew how desperately um, naked and hopeless they are, they would have come to God. We think that in our hearts. If only they knew. But this is true also for the believers. Only, if only we knew how destitute we are also after salvation. I'm not talking about destitute of hope for heaven. Our hope is glorious. Our hope is sure. But this is talking about our life, our living, that we are truly beggars. We also forfeit this blessedness that we could have. So the Christian in this first part of the Beatitude must keep searching our hearts and keep praying and keep seeking and keep realizing this poverty that we are truly in, poverty of spirit. When it comes to spiritual things, all right, things that are needed for our spiritual walk, we are truly without, without any usefulness. We don't possess them, right? So I hope that before we move on to the next part, the next beatitude, you and I don't leave this beatitude until this has become real in our hearts. That each day when we walk our lives, from henceforth, we really realize genuinely that we are in that state. So when Christ says, blessed are the poor in spirit, Christ is not saying, well, some of you are, some of you are not. Christ is not saying that, that uh, well, if you, if you seek to be poor in spirit, then you will be blessed. The statement is, is we are indeed. And when we are and we truly realize, then God says, blessed are you. All right, so I hope that we keep looking at ourselves spiritually in the spiritual mirror of God's word and realize I am a truly a beggar. I have nothing spiritually good at all. Now, what is a beggar's behavior? Tonight, we want to study about the next area of the blessedness, all right? Because God says, blessed are they, they're poor in spirit, and theirs, theirs is the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven that a beggar can have? Now, first and foremost, let's study further the behavior of a beggar, okay? Now, a beggar is called a beggar. Why is a beggar called a beggar? Justin. Because he's what? He's pleading for something. Very good. A beggar is called a beggar because he begs. He begs. And what is begging? Now, begging is to plead, to implore, right? Not just ask, but really bend down with the face to the ground and just put out, stretch up the hand and plead, beg. A beggar is called a beggar because he needs to beg. You and I will only be poor in spirit, or rather you and I will only beg if we realize we are a beggar. Then we'll begin to beg. Now, there are two parts to this behavior of a beggar, all right, when we study poor in spirit. First, yes, he, he needs to beg. And in order to beg, 
Well, first he must admit that he needs to beg. Then the behavior, firstly, is to he will approach someone. He knows that just standing there begging to thin air is useless. Now he seeks to find someone to spare him some, some mercy, some, some grace, some, some charity. He will seek someone. Yes, he may hide in a corner because he is so ashamed. He don't feel that he deserves to be in a, in a bright, open, um, nice place. He may, he may try to hide in a dark corner. But even in those corners, he will find, find a corner where someone, he knows that there will be people that will pass by. He'll be a foolish beggar to hide in somewhere where he knows no one is going to pass by. He will still seek. Seek someone. That is the first thing about begging. Now then another is that when that someone is there, he will engage the person, right? He's not going to just act like, as, try to be invisible. No, he will engage. He may not speak. He may be too ashamed to speak. He may be too, um, he feels like he's not worthy to speak to them. But he will put out a hand. He will try to wave something. He will try to get some attention. In other words, he will try to engage with the person, get the person's attention, all right? And hoping with the hope of getting something. With the hope of getting something. Now, because maybe I ask you, why does a beggar beg then? A beggar beg because he knows that if he does not beg, he does not have. These three behaviors must be clear in our hearts. You say, Lord, I want to be poor in spirit. Then we have, must have these behaviors first. There must be, well, the realization which we've spoken about, there must be, well, a turning to someone. Then there must be the engaging with that someone. And then there is the hope the desire to obtain something because the, you realize that without that, you have nothing. You have nothing. So a beggar does not beg for, for fun. I mean, a true beggar. He knows that without begging, he has nothing. Now, with that spirit, with that attitude, then we ask ourselves, now, what are the lessons to learn about being poor in the spirit? Now, first and foremost, now, what is the blessedness because God promises that for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If, you're, if you are truly in your heart, someone who knows, I need to find this someone. I need to engage this someone. I need to ask this someone for, for something. If not, I have nothing. Now, if you are like that, God says, well, blessed is you, blessed are you because yours is the kingdom of heaven. What is the thing in the kingdom of heaven that will be yours? What is it? in the kingdom of heaven that we're so blessed for you to have. What is it? Now, what is heaven? What is heaven? Many say, well, I want to go to heaven. Heaven is, maybe I'll ask the young ones. Um, all right, try Matthew. Matthew, what is heaven in your mind? The place where God lives. All right, very wonderful. I hope that is truly um, something that has really sink in, sunk in your heart and that is why you say it. That's a good answer. Because most Christians today, 
When you ask them, what is heaven? Heaven is a wonderful place. That's a song that we teach children. Heaven is a wonderful place. Heaven is to the adult. Heaven is a place where there is no illnesses to the adult. Heaven is a place where there is um, no pain to the elderly. Heaven there is a place where there is no more troubles for us, for the, for the working adult. No more um, persecution. Heaven is that place where all these things are there. But you can have all these things there, as we've always tried to impress upon you. If God is not there, that is not heaven. Heaven is where God is. That is what makes heaven, heaven. That is what makes all those things that you think about there. But it is not that that we seek. It's the presence of the living God that we desire. So when you say, I want to be in heaven, means I want to be in a place where all these things are known, where, where God dwells, because then I am with God. That is heaven. That is heaven. Now, when we keep thinking of heaven as golden streets, um, and all that like people write about and think about and, um, and the pillars with, with diamonds in it, um, then we miss the point about heaven. So when God says, Bless is the, there's, for this is the kingdom of heaven, what is the most blessed thing about heaven? What is the worst thing about hell? Right. Yes, the sufferings and all that is horrible. But why are there the sufferings? Because you're separated from God. That you'll be in darkness and horror without God. So, the presence of God is the most blessed thing about the kingdom of God. The Christian must realize that. Now, you say, how is it linked? Now, how is it linked then? to this poor-in-spirit kind of beggar that we talked about. Very, very simple. Very simple. Now, when you are such a beggar, you are driven, you are driven to seek God. You are driven to prayer. You are driven to the, to the end of yourself. And you must find him. You must be with him. You want to be with him. That is why you will pray. The blessedness of such a poor in spirit, it drives you to God. You know, we think that it is blessed to have everything and all that. But remember the Lord said, we read in Revelation, you are poor, you are naked, you're miserable, but you don't know it. You don't know it. Because with all those ideas that you're fine and that you are not a beggar, you never came to me. And that is why you are poor and you are naked. You have no hope, no help without me. You don't realize that. So the first thing is such a spirit, such a spirit is a great blessing because you will begin to experience, you are driven to experience the presence of God. That is what it is. And that is truly heaven. Realize that, Christian. What do you look forward to? To be with your friends in school? To be with um, your, um, your children, your spouse, your friends in church? Now, I'm not saying that being with Christians is evil or, or, or anything. But what I'm saying is, well, the Christian has, does not realize it is so blessed to be in the presence of God. 
That is why we don't pray, and we study more of that in the camp, God willing. We forfeit, we forfeit this blessing of having the kingdom of heaven on earth. So don't say, well, when I go to heaven, I'll be with God. I'll enjoy the presence of the living God. No, God says, blessed are. God intends it for you now. Not blessed will be when you get to heaven. It is now. So that's the first one, all right? We'll be driven to prayer. We will driven, be driven to seek the face of God. We'll be driven to, to find His presence until we are not, we are not satisfied. We, are, we feel helpless. We feel naked until we find Him. Why is it that when we pray, we pray a while, we get up and we go, do, do, we, do we even ask ourselves, did I really meet with God? No, I did my prayer time. That is all. That is not prayer. That is just simply fulfilling some formality of an outward um, thing that you do. It's communion with God. You will pray and you will stay there until you say, Lord, now I have met with you. Remember, we studied that. I have met, I am meeting with you now. I am engaging with you now. You're driven to that kind of place. And when you get up from your knees, you say, that was the most blessed is it one hour already? One hour of my life? Heaven on earth. Driven to God. Experiencing His closeness. Right? So only when you are a beggar and you know you need to beg, then you're driven to His presence, then you experience His closeness. That is what it is. Now, the presence of God... It's always there, you say, right? It's always there. So, so what? The presence of God, true, is always there. But the presence of God has little benefit to you, a little sense of um, joy and comfort uh, and help to you if you don't engage Him in prayer. So this, this, uh, this receiving of the kingdom of God that is yours when you are such a beggar, is when you take hold, take hold of his presence in prayer. That is what it is. You see, the beggar is driven there and he says, until this person passes and then I, now I'm in this person's presence. I've, I've arranged myself, I've positioned myself. It's no use. The people keep passing, keep passing, keep passing. You say, I, I need to be there where the people are. So I want to say again, only the poor in spirit will truly be prayerful and then begin to experience the kingdom of God on earth. So that is the first one, all right? Now, then the second one. So before I move on, so dear young ones, do you pray? You don't pray because you don't realize how poor you are in spirit without spiritual help without spiritual strength without abilities actually when do you pray exam paper is in front of you right then you beg god because at the time you realize you need help but god wants you to know you need help all the time all the time not just tuesday night when you're here not that's not just during family prayer is you are a beggar all the time you want to be there all the time finding god seeking him same for the adult. Now, then the second 
second spirit that we learn. So first, he is he will seek the presence of God, right? He will seek the presence of God. He he must have the presence of God now in order to engage God. In the presence of God, now he he wants to engage God. Now, when a beggar begins to have the person's attention, he begins to plead. He begins to be earnest, right? So he sees them passing, and this is the one that is giving him some attention. Now he is very earnest with this one. Please, I beg of you, I implore you, I plead with you. Please give me something. Now, the blessedness, not only of seeking God in prayer, but the blessedness of earnest, earnest communion, genuine earnest, engagement with God. What is your prayer life like? Do you know of this blessedness of the kingdom of God on heaven, housewife, when you're at home on your own? Singles, when you're alone? Elderlies, young person, fathers, Husbands, do you know of this blessedness? Not just to kneel in the presence of God and know that He is there, but the engagement of, of earnest, sincere communion with Him. That you really are engaging Him heart to heart. Unless you are beggarly in spirit. You will just say, I'll just say something to God and that is it. That is not the, the beggar on that street in that corner where the moment he gets attention... He is not, you want to give me something fine, you don't want to give me something fine. No. Because he knows that he is, he has nothing. He has a very, very um, fervent, sincere engagement with the attention that he gets. So Christian, the reason why our prayers are cold and the prayer reason why we hardly experience this blessedness of the kingdom of God on heaven, uh, on, on earth, the kingdom of heaven on earth in the place of prayer is because we are not desperate. We are not desperate. That God, I need to speak with you. I long to speak with you. Now that I am in this place of prayer, what about the praying afterwards that will come? We must all enter into this prayer, this Tuesday prayer, every, every Tuesday when we, the moment we've shared our prayer requests, we bow our heads, we become earnest. Lord, now that we are in thy presence, Lord, we are earnest. You pray in the most earnestness of spirit in your heart. That is what it is. So young ones, when you're upstairs afterwards, it is not to meet your friends. It's not to be curious about your friends. It is not to look forward to after the prayer you can play. Right? It is really God, now that we are together, we got your attention Lord, we plead with you with these items. We beg of you. Lord, we are beggars. We need your help. Would you please listen to us? Right? It's that kind of spirit. Well, of course, it's not just this begging. It is, it is you know, some beggars, they, they are very lonely. Right? They, they not only beg for physical um, um, sustenance. All right? They receive it. Of course, they are thankful. But sometimes you speak to these ones. They say, well, I don't get to talk to anybody. Right? Nobody wants to talk to me. They feel the loneliness. 
They feel the emptiness. And when you give them some attention, they are so thankful that someone is talking with them, is interested, and they, they want to pour out their heart to you, all right? They want to tell you what happened. Now, this is what it is, a beggar. Someone who feels that there is no one that I can talk to that can understand me. Lord, I want to commune with you, speak with you. I have, I have no friend like you, right? But like I say again, only if we truly see ourselves to be such a beggar that we need to beg, even for communing with God. Now then finally, all right, the third part. The third part. So the first is, well, we know that we need to beg. We seek, we seek, we seek the Lord. We seek attention. And when we are in His presence, got His attention, we are the most earnest in our pleading, in our prayer, a very, very genuine connection in prayer with God, a communion, a real prayer. And then the third one. Now, we will be driven to pray for all things and at all time. We will be driven to pray for all things and at all time. Not only will we be driven to seek Him, we will be driven to be earnest, we will be driven to be unceasing in prayer, in all things. Now, why so? Why so? The beggar who is, who truly realizes that he is, he is poor and have nothing, now he will beg because he knows that without begging, he has nothing. I want to say that again. And I think this is an important spirit that we must begin to realize. He generally believes and knows, if I don't beg, I won't have. Because he's that poor, a beggar. He's not a beggar. We have things all gathered around and he, he wants a bit, he wants more money. He's greedy. But this beggar that is, that is described here, this poor in spirit, is someone who has no reserves, no spares. He has nothing. And a beggar, and such a beggar knows that unless I beg, I will not have. That is the spirit here. That is why he will pray for all things. He won't say, I don't pray for this. Well, I will still have it. I don't pray for that. I'm still clever. I still can do my homework. I don't, I don't, I don't beg God for help at work today. Don't worry. I will still be able to make it through. If I don't beg God for um, help today for, in my family, in my home, in my singlehood walk, it's okay. I will get along somehow, somehow. Enough, enough experience to get along. No. The reason why we don't pray without ceasing is because we are not such a beggar. We don't realize that we really do not have any reserve or anything. That we have is simply God's graciousness that even if we did not ask, He graciously, mercifully helped us. That is all. But the reality is you don't beg, you won't have. So it's like the beggar at the gate. Now, never has a beggar pleaded more often at the door of someone. Never has a beggar pleaded more frequently, more earnestly at the gate of someone than the beggar who truly realizes that if I don't ask, 
I really don't have. I am in great danger. Are you such a beggar? Now, this is the spirit that God says, now, if we have this, we will know the blessedness of prayer. We will know the blessedness of, of this dependence on God and God's presence and God's assurance of help and of His help, actual help you receive. This is the kingdom of God, of heaven on earth. You will receive the actual help of God. How many times have we gone through the day and things messed up? Right? And we got into trouble, we did something and we realized now there are consequences. How many times have you gone through that? Now, isn't it blessed if you go through day after day after day because you're a beggar in everything, at work, at home, in school, you begged and they went. I'm not saying everything's smooth, but you know that everything went as God intended it and God was helping you and God will help you. And the outcome will be what God intended. See, that blessedness of the kingdom of heaven on earth Every decision you made for your child this week, today, and the decision that is coming. Wife, we need to go and beg God. But husband, we don't need, we, we make this kind of decision every day. No, both says we need to beg God. Even the smallest thing. You see, this beggar, no, in even the smallest thing, he needs to beg. He don't beg, he don't have. He doesn't have. So he must beg. Let us pray and ask God. And then you know that when you do earnestly, sincerely, you ask um, not for your pleasure, for your own glory, you ask it as a working person. Lord, may this glorify you. May this, may this help me to walk my spiritual life um, better and serve you better. You know that you asked. You have the assurance. The most blessed thing. Can you imagine the Christian who makes some decision, did, did this, did that? Whether single, married, young or old, and you always look back and say, I wonder, I wonder. That is not the blessedness of kingdom of heaven on earth. The assurance, the assurance. Now, I want to also say, not only um, this, but no one is poorer than he who doesn't realize that he is poor. You know why? Because he will not ask. He will not beg. He may be poor, but he doesn't know. Neither does he want to acknowledge. Therefore, he will not ask, and therefore he will not receive. So, Christian, do you understand this spirit? Why this spirit brings blessedness of the kingdom of heaven on earth to you? Do you feel that you have no wisdom unless he gives you for the day before you go to work? You may have all the experience, but unless you are the beggar, say, Lord, even with all this experience, the reality is I have, and I really say, Lord, I have no wisdom. And unless you give me this wisdom for work today, I'm going to fail. I'm going to mess up. And I'm going to be a bad testimony. Mothers, before you start your day working at home, doing the things at home, do you beg God? Or do you know, ah, I know what to do every day. How many times have things gone all wrong? Do you, do you beg God and say, Lord, I have no abilities to do this. I have no wisdom to do this. And everything can go wrong. And I will fail you in, in, in when a child comes back to bring up godly seed for you. I have no idea, Lord. I beg you. Give me what I need for the day. Give me, Lord, please. That is what it is. The Spirit 
Well, likewise for the elderly, right? They are present. Lord, I, I have I may be elderly, but I have no wisdom, I have no ability, and nothing. Nothing, Lord. Please give me what is needed, or I will fall spiritually. I have all this experience in life. Same for everyone, right? Even the children. Lord, I will fall spiritually unless you give me the needed strength to overcome temptation. You give me the needed strength and grace to go through this trial. God, I cannot. I am unable. I beg you, give me something, Lord. That is what it is. Lord, I will fail. I will fall. Today, in temptation, in times of temptation, unless you give me that grace to stand. Now, God says, such one will be blessed. You will know the kingdom of heaven on earth. But many of us, I say from the beginning, we don't realize we are that destitute. Because of that, we are not driven to this blessedness of the place of prayer. Now we begin to realize poverty of spirit is truly very conducive, conducive to prayer. We must realize that. It is the best environment, the best state to be in because it drives you, it drives you to prayer. So in summary, three things. Such a beggarly behavior drives us to seek God, drives us to be earnest in prayer, meaning to say, drives us to have a very genuine engagement, communion with God. And the third one, it drives us to pray for all things at all times, at all times. And such a life of a Christian is the most blessed life in the kingdom of heaven on this side, on earth. You will always be in the presence of God. You're always speaking with Him. You're always seeking His nearness, you're always seeking His presence, whether alone or with friends. You're always living near Him because you're conscious of your need for Him. You know how blessed that is? Let us turn to God in prayer. Our Father in heaven, Lord, whether we be a working person in the world, a housewife, a student in school, or when we come home, the elderly on their own, a single living by themselves, Oh Lord, we pray that each one of us would strive for, would examine our own hearts and really see ourselves to be such a beggar. Because Lord, we, we desire that. We want to live a life to know that blessedness of heaven, the kingdom of heaven with us here. A life of communing with you every moment of the day in everything as we go through our life minute by minute on earth, O oh Lord, that blessedness of a mother at home, a housewife at home, Lord, to know that presence and to be conscious of it all the time and seeking you and for the students also, even when they're alone in school or at home, O oh Lord, let such a blessedness be known to us. Lord, drive us to such poverty of spirit, cause us to know that we are truly that poor. And Father, especially for the moments to come in the place of prayer, that the young ones and the adults, all alike, O oh Lord, will not be frivolous and flippant, 
and just be looking forward to talking to one another, speaking more with one another than praying. Oh Lord, may each one of us truly have that beggarly spirit in this place of prayer that we may receive the call down the kingdom of heaven to do your work. Oh Lord, help us here, each one of us, to seek you and not one another. Lord, be with us, we pray, for your kingdom's sake, for we are truly poor, needy, without help, without you tonight, to hear our prayers for your kingdom and for each other. We ask and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.